It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornstein. I'm a senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley right here in Colorado Springs. And we are so excited to have you listening today. With me in the studio, as always, Mike Mallinger. Mike, so good to have you back. It's great to be back, John. Well, we have uh, had a number of incredible conversations with various guests and talking about the issues that we face right here in Colorado and around the country. And we're setting this up for what I believe will be a very positive conversation with a forthcoming guest, Jeff Anderson, who's going to represent Congressman Lamborn's office. And so we've been presenting some of the issues uh, and and not without expectation that there's that we just simply listen and feel like we can do nothing. The expectation then is that we can do something, that, that as we talk about these issues, it's not just simply to uh, grumble and complain about what's going on, but rather to stir, to motivate individuals such as yourself, as you're listening right now, to to action. And, and so let me just preface this particular conversation we're going to have today, that on our website at calvaryfountain.com, if you go to the radio, the audio video button and go to the podcast, there's a radio and podcast button there under audio and video, you will find a list of individuals you can reach out to. That's our expectation, that if these, some of these issues bother you as they should, as you should be concerned about the state of our nation today, that you reach out, let your voice be heard, make a difference, and pray without ceasing. Give this to fervent prayer to Almighty God. We need a people of prayer, in prayer, petitioning Almighty God that he would move in the affairs of men. And often these are a test of our faith. So today what we're talking about is a subject that's often brought to our attention perhaps through social media, and we grumble and complain an awful lot about it, but the subject of millennials, and some of you probably have a smirk on your face right now, but not just millennials, but the battle for sex and drugs specifically. And what we're going to discuss here is really the effect of breaking Deuteronomy chapter 28, because in Deuteronomy chapter 28, we love reading the section about blessing, but we often uh, fail or neglect to continue reading about the commands that we are to continue in steadfastly doing God's will, doing uh, faithful service to him, making him a priority faithfully in service to him, that if these things do not occur, with that comes consequences. And not just consequences on the individuals, but on a society as a whole. And so what we find here is that there's cause and effect. You see, millennials are leaving the church in droves. Only 10% of Americans ages 18 to 29 in 1986 had no engagement with the church or had a religious affiliation. Today, that number has climbed to over 40%. Why? Well, I, I suspect there's a number of factors. We could probably spend an entire broadcast on that, but let me just summarize a few. Uh, number one, it, the hypocrisy that they've seen. And now they're buying into the lie. The lie that's, that's perpetuated is this me-oriented mindset of self-actualization. You know, pastors have joked for decades that a certain segment of people showed up to church primarily to be hatched, matched, and dispatched. So one of the biggest demographic trends of our time is that millennials are delaying marriage or not getting married at all. And there's a strong correlation between being married 
and being involved in religious activities. The fact that fewer Americans that are getting married, well, this has many clergy worried. And I've seen this effect even in my own son, who not, you know, they're, as parents, you, you want the best for your children. And, and then they, they seem to make decisions and you're like, oh boy, are they not mature enough? And then suddenly they get married. They have children, and this maturity just blossoms out of them. It's like God designed this, that as soon as my, my son, who, who then got married and had our beautiful first grandbaby, uh, that he is now blossomed into a man after God's heart. God designed it this way. And the number of children a family has is related often to a couple's religious involvement. Couples without children are a bit less likely to be religious, i.e. they're not as active in the church. So the fact that fertility is on the decline again is worrisome for various members of churches and and, and religious organizations, saying nothing about the implications to Social Security. American millennials are approaching middle age in a worse financial shape than every living generation ahead of them, lagging behind baby boomers and Generation X despite a decade of economic growth and falling unemployment. In fact, Americans born between 1981 and 1996 have failed to match every other generation of young adults born between the Great Depression until now. So, so they have less wealth, less property, lower marriage rates, and fewer children, according to a a report that just came out this week from the Wall Street Journal. In fact, they interviewed a a young person. She's 32 years of age. Her name Joy Brown. She says, "If if I can't afford a home, I definitely can't afford kids. She's a renter. She's single. She earns $75,000 a year. But she owes $102,000 in student loans and $10,000 in credit card debt. She goes on to say that myself and a lot of my peers still feel like we're playing catch-up in the game of life. Christopher Kurse, he's, he's with the Federal Reserve. He said their economic fundamentals are fundamentally different. Millennial households had an average net worth of about $92,000 in 2016, nearly 40% less than Generation X households in 2001, and about 20% less than baby boomer households in 1989. And this doesn't even account for the pay discrepancies. In fact, Generation X men working full-time who were heads of their households earned 18% more than millennial counterparts. And baby boomers, their men earned 27% more. And among the women, incomes were 12% higher for Generation Xers and 24% higher for the baby, baby boomers compared to millennials. So for years, we've been kicking this can down the road. And the impact on all of this is going to really hit Social Security in a very real way. Just this week, life insurance benefits for Sears were halted for that halted for ninety thousand ninety thousand retirees from Sears. The writing was on the wall. Yet many of the interviewees, they said, those who were being interviewed, they said that they were caught off guard by all of this. <laughs> that they could see the writing on the wall that the company was about to close its doors and yet fully expected their life insurance benefits to continue. And, and that was just halted this week. So in this way, though, we find that it's a great case study because we as people, even as Christians, don't tend to act with urgency until it's too late. Christ said it would be this way until he returns in Matthew chapter 24, 37 to 39, that we'll see the signs 
and not change our ways. And when we look at the future impact on Social Security, each month, 62.1 million payouts are made to eligible beneficiaries, nearly 69% of whom are retired workers. Of these retirees, more than three out of five lean on Social Security to account for at least half of their income. So with the birth rate deficit and reduction in employment, You see, we have less people doing more work because of the cost of doing business in the United States. The Social Security Administration is reporting that they'll only be able to pay the current benefits until 2037. That's only 18 more years. Here's what they said. Congress will need to make changes to the scheduled benefits and revenue sources for the program in the future. The Social Security Board of Trustees project that changes equivalent to an immediate reduction in the benefits of about 13% or an immediate increase in the combined payroll tax rate from 12.4% to 14.4% or some combination of these are what's needed to sustain. And then if they make those changes, it will only last another 50 more years. The storm is coming. And I believe the issue we have here as a culture is that we continue to look down on women who choose to be homemakers. We keep perpetuating the narrative that children are an inconvenience to fulfilling our dreams and desires. And this is why abortion is so highly discussed in our culture for at least the last 40 years, and it keeps getting worse. That's right, John. And if you're a regular listener, you know that we have spoken about abortion quite a bit here. Mm -hmm. You know, pertaining to some of these evil bills, let's just call it evil. Infanticide is evil. It's murder. Abortion is murder, okay? Now, in light of all this, a breath of fresh air. We have Mm -hmm. states that have made heartbeat bills. We have states like Ohio and Georgia with heartbeat bills. Alabama, which right now is considered the hardest, toughest abortion bill, anti-abortion bill in the United States. But John and I, we were talking before we went on, and Missouri is getting ready to sign in an abortion bill which they may not even have a Planned Parenthood land lift in their state. Mm. Now, uh, another breath of fresh air, the Democrat governor of Louisiana is getting ready to sign in a heartbeat bill. But with all this good things happening with abortion, now we have congressional Democrats have decided that they are going to make, along with Planned Parenthood, it's called the Women's Protection, Women's Health Protection Act which is sponsored by Rep. Judy Chu, who's a Democrat out of California, and my favorite Stolen Valor guy, Richard Blumenthal. They've come up with this bill that's going to make it so you can't make anti-abortion bills in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's going to nullify anti-abortion bills that are on this right now. And it, it just goes along with they want to take away states' rights. They want one governing body to govern over all of us. Mm. And we know in end times that this is supposed to happen. Right. And uh, so right now, they have 169 Democrats for this bill right now to take away the rights of abortion. That It's terrible, and the number is growing. Along with that, I, I've heard Republicans say, well, the Alabama bill goes too far. I mean, too far for what? Right. You know, it it just is over the top with this abortion bills. And, mm. you know, according to pro-abortion, 
actforwomen.org, this Women's Protect is described as a federal bill that would protect the rights of abortion. They're just trying to, they want to protect abortion. And the abortion industry has got such a hold on our government right now, it, it almost seems impossible. But we know that nothing's impossible with God. That's right. Nothing's impossible with prayer. That's right. Amen. But, you know, we have to pray. And again, next week, we're going to have a guy that's going to help us along with what we can do. How can we be proactive along with our prayer to go along, get rid of some of this, you know, to voice yeah. our opinion. That's right. That's right. Otherwise, we're going to see the, the landscape continue to deteriorate. Yes. Even with all the good news that you just stated, mm-hmm. uh, that we're protecting life perhaps better than ever uh, with some of these laws. Um, and, and again, we, you know, there's an issue out there that we've got to protect the, these women. And, and we understand that women are caught up in, in, in many horrible circumstances. And, and, it, and we are working to protect women. That yes. This is not an anti-woman agenda. That's not what the pro-life movement no, is all about. that's not what it's uh, about. This is about preservation of life at all stages, from, from the womb all the way to the, to the last breath that we breathe after a life of service. And, and so we need to protect life at all stages, mm-hmm. including the mother, the father, right. the families, everybody involved here. I, you know, I think that it's, it's interesting to me that the venom continues to be more evident yes. as these things continue to come out. And, and we see what happened in Alabama recently. Los Angeles is now so upset over Alabama's recently passed abortion ban that they're actually prohibiting their employees from traveling to the state for work-related reasons. Here's what they went on record saying. Someone, a spokesperson for Los Angeles County, said, we must stand in solidarity and in opposition against extremist and unconstitutional laws that put the health and well-being of families at risk. The constitutional and human right to, to a safe and legal abortion is part of the very fabric of the United States, they say. As such, Los Angeles County will stand against all attempts to dismantle the protections afforded by the Roe v. Wade and the U.S. Constitution. Now, I I find that interesting here that Los Angeles County spokesperson says that a legal abortion is part of the very fabric of the United States. I just can't imagine such a thing ever having been said. In June of of 1954. In fact, it was June 14th, 1954. President Eisenhower signed into law officially adding two powerful words to the Pledge of Allegiance. It was under God. He added under God to the Pledge of Allegiance and he stated the characteristic and definitive factor in the American way of life is characterized by these two powerful words that we are a nation that is under God. I don't see anywhere in his statements about abortion being a part of the fabric of these United States. But how far we've digressed, unfortunately, Los Angeles is not the only one. Again, in this program, we try to bring your attention to what's happening here in Colorado as well. Colorado's Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, is now threatening to withhold state funding for employees who need to travel to Alabama. And and, and let me just clarify, Alabama's, Alabama's abortion bill Signed by Republican Governor Kay Ivey, it makes it a felony for doctors to perform an elective abortion for any reason other than to save the life of the physical health of the mother. However, the bill does not criminalize women for getting an abortion. And and what you stated earlier about, uh, Mike, to your point of Missouri, that it could possibly be the first state without an abortion clinic because they're on the threshold now of not renewing their annual license with Planned Parenthood, I think is phenomenal. It it is phenomenal. And We've had guests on our program here that that speak about women's health, what they do, what they offer for pregnant women, and how they help, like Wade Wilson when we had him a couple Absolutely. weeks ago. That's right. 
Now, there, there's in this discussion, as we're talking about millennials and the impact on our culture right now, what they're going through is they're walking away from their faith and getting into the self-actualization methodology and ideology and uh, of who they are and finding themselves and, and turning to uh, education as their only source of identity, not not to the church, not to the culture yeah. at large. They're, they're, they're turning their back on, on what we have taught our children for generations upon generations and now trying to find their own path, if you will. And as a result, we're seeing this battle uh, of drugs and, and sex once again and, and this continuation of this discussion on, on the effects of sex outside of bib- biblically defined structures and parameters. God defines what God-honoring sexual behaviors are, and we've discussed this to great extent before, even when we talked about the Equality Act. But here in Colorado, Governor Jared Polis is now signing two more pieces of legislation specifically geared toward the LGBTQ communities, mm-hmm. and he just signed these May 31st. And Number one was a bill banning all conversion therapy for minors, and another that allows Coloradoans to update the gender on their birth certificate without needing surgery or a court order. Now, we understand that there have been many opinions given about conversion therapy. They have been demonized, and I have been a part of some of these organizations in which there is incredible love and hope and restoration in families, but all of it's been demonized now, uh, which I believe is an attempt to to suppress parents, to take away their ability to influence their children in ways that they know are biblically sound— and we go to Deuteronomy chapter 6 on that, in which he tells us, to com- he commands us, in fact, to Deuteronomy 6.6, 6, he says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be on the, the frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates i.e. what this refers to that is the instruction needs to be intentional from parents on what are the things of God and his ways. And now, of course, we see with Jude's law, where now a child can can determine, uh, you know, even at, a, if, I think it's right off the age of 18 or so, they can actually check mark. they can d- distinguish themselves and say if they're not even male or female, they can actually use the X designation now on their driver's license, and it's called Jude's Law. And and this was a policy that was changed last November from the Colorado Department of Revenue. And proponents of this bill have called this measure an important move to legitimize people who have gender identity issues and will help in discrimination of transgender and non-binary individuals. So so this just passed this week. Yep. You know, and uh, to go along with that, our state is just jumping by leaps and bounds and trying to violate God's law. Yeah, it's crazy with sex and drugs right now. And now it's reported that Governor Polis wants to sign a bill that uses marijuana to to battle the opioid crisis. I I don't know how you you substitute marijuana for opioids. I, I just... Doesn't make any sense to me, but it it's got bipartisan backing, and it it's wow. It it doesn't even make sense. Marijuana doesn't even do the same thing as opioids do. You want to battle the opioid crisis? Start talking to doctors, right? Yeah. So we're going to prescribe drugs to deal with drugs. We're going to pars- yes, drugs to deal with drugs. It, it's insane. <laughs> I, I know this goes into effect. What is it, August second of this year? Yeah, I think when that when that goes into yes, effect. August second of two thousand nineteen. This it's scheduled to go into effect. They don't even know 
you know, we hear all this stuff about CBD oil and and it's supposed to be great for this, that, and the other. But in reality, there's no yeah. real studies to say how dangerous it is or how they're actually getting the THC out of the CBD oil. Wow. I know there's there's so much speculation. I, I know mm-hmm. that even goodwill people will will uh, really lean towards that. But uh, it just seems like we become a, a drug oriented culture. Right and now we we have a, a dilemma. We solve it with drugs. Now we have an issue with those drugs. So we solve it with more drugs. Right. And and we know that 130 people die from opioid overdose every single day. The the the, the issue is very real. Uh, it is. It's, it's, it's destroying families far and wide. But I can't imagine that prescribing other drugs to solve this drug is is now the answer. It doesn't even make sense. We're gonna we're gonna prescribe marijuana to to battle opioids. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we, got I mean, we drugs. can laugh about it, but this is the craziness we're in yeah. right here in Colorado. I mean, so we've just it listed is. off now three bills within just the past week mm-hmm. that that uh, Governor Polis has now signed. Uh, two for LGBTQ rights and 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 trying to pre- preserve those rights as he best uh, interprets that, and then now also let's use more uh, legalized marijuana. Yeah, to let's solve use more legalized problems. marijuana. I, you know, at some point the state's going to get some kind of award for ramming laws down the <laughs> the throats of Coloradans. It, it's it they're coming so fast. Yeah, and, and some of the laws that they're passing, we've voted down, but right. The left wants them, you know, our our Democrat government in Colorado, and I guess we get what we yeah, wanted. We <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think this also comes back to this me generation Yes, that's setting a course, ultimately, if we really examine what it is, it's setting a course to destruction that will enable a change of culture that will pave a way to a socialist rule. And, and it's to preserve their way of life, they'll give right into it. And we right. see that scripturally as well, mm-hmm. that even if you go back to what occurred in Egypt, when there was seven years of famine, and, and the famine that led to the the prosperity before the famine that was coming, it only took seven years to entirely change the government of Egypt. I don't know that most people know their history enough to understand that. And when you go back to Scripture and you see that, how the people were actually under their own governing governors uh, over Egypt— and how all of those rights they forfeited in order to preserve their way of life. Even themselves, they gave the clothing off their back, they gave their wealth, they gave everything in order to preserve their way of life that ultimately set up a dictatorship. Yes. That God would then, he brought it to, to fruition so that he could ultimately judge Egypt. So yes. if we don't learn from our history, no. we are doomed to repeat it. Uh, Matthew 24, 10 to 13 tells us, and they, and then many will be offended. Boy, I look at our culture today. Many are offended. Yeah. They will betray one another. They will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end will be saved. And I truly believe we are in a war of truth that scriptures warned us about. We are, John. And if you just want to go into recent history and see how fast a country can fall mm-hmm. let's just look at venezuela just just go right. on your computer and look how fast venezuela fell when they went to socialism they were prospering they were going right. off of their oil industry now look at them that's right they're, they're battling for food right it's their very survival yes is on the line here you know in amos 8 chapter 11 it says the days are coming declares the sovereign lord when i will send a famine through the land not a famine of food or a thirst for water but a famine of hearing the words of the lord i think it's interesting here a famine of hearing 
the words of the Lord. Not that the words of the Lord weren't available, right. just whether they could actually hear it. Mm-hmm. And so even as we use these microphones right now to give a sense of urgency that these things are happening all around us, many of us will, will listen, turn off the radio, go about our daily work. We won't feel convicted or compelled to do anything about it. And I hope, if anything, that this series of conversations we've had on this topic and with Jeff coming and joining us and talking about these issues, yes. what we can do, that will be stirred to, to action. The only solution is a return to God in repentance and start esteeming the values of biblical truth, that children are a gift from God, and and blessed is the family whose quiver is full of them, that the family is a gift, that hard work and good work ethics are to be commended, that integrity is to be treasured. We need prayer for this nation desperately, and I fear that only in tragedy will we turn, and by then it may be too late. You know, in Joel chapter 2, verses 12 to 16, we read, Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation. And this is a true call, I believe, uh, that we need to adhere to today even, that we need to be a people of prayer. We need to give these things to Almighty God, seek His face, ask His blessing, ask for restoration in the land, and leaders that are mindful of His will. And I yes. believe that we've seen that now with some of these anti-abortion laws that have been put into place, where even governors are saying, I'd rather err on the side of coming alongside God's will and not man's will. Oh, that is, it, but it's creating a clash in the culture today. And and I know for next week, we're going to have some more pointers on this from Jeff Anderson. I want to encourage you to tune in. Jeff Anderson's with Congressman Lamborn's office, and he's going to talk about what we can do in this culture of moral relativism. But in the meantime, on our website at calvaryfountain.com, we have a list of our governor's offices, our, our congressional representatives, our senators, their phone numbers, their email addresses, all there calvaryfountain.com under the tab of audio and video go down to the radio tab there it is you'll find the list you can listen to this program again contact your representatives voice your concerns and pray with fervency i want to thank you for listening to engage in truth today again visit us at calvaryfountain.com this is a ministry of calvary fellowship fountain valley services are at 10 a.m on sunday we'd love to see you there god bless you